So we are continuing our series in the book of Mark. So, you know, this is tied in with our life groups, right? We're going through the Bible a book at a time. Well, coming up here, it's either this week or next week, I don't remember. We're going to be going over the book of Mark. So we thought, well, we're hitting kind of a summary of the book of Mark in life groups. We would also preach through the book of Mark. And we're going to do this again a little bit later this year. But we wanted to take some of, some, some of these big, important passages in this book. Obviously, in one month, we can't preach through the whole book of Mark. Well, I could, but most of you would go home after about noon. You'd be like, okay, well, I need to eat lunch, and it just wouldn't work. So we picked some passages in the book of Mark. And you probably have seen, if you go to elementlife.com, you can click on message notes today, and you can see kind of an outline of what we're talking about. You can take your own notes and email them to yourself when you're done. But... We're looking at what made Jesus angry. Because we're going to hit a point in Scripture where Jesus is going to get a little upset about something. And I was thinking about it, like, big, serious things made Jesus angry. I'm not as, e I'm, I'm much easier to make angry. Let's just be honest about it. What makes Eric angry? Because we're going to see what makes Jesus angry, and it's significant and important. But what makes me angry is when people drive below the speed limit in the fast lane. Oh. Arr. I got some, Pastor Eric's got some road rage. Um, it, it, again, uh, back in California, people drive fast. It's nice. Um, no one was slowing me down in the fast lane. But uh, here we drive very slow, and I don't know why. What else makes me angry? Hangnails. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. What else? What, I, I got one more. I got one more. This is something I'm really weird about. What upsets me? Stuff on my hands. So like you ever, some people they can eat, uh, like Pastor Craig can eat some, some wings, right? And they got, they got all this ranch and buffalo sauce or whatever he eats on them. And it's all over his hands. He can just keep eating. Wings are very difficult for me to eat because every time I touch one, I need to bite my hands off. Oof. Like it's creepy to think I don't like stuff on my hands. Uh, and so those... Like, silly things upset me, right? You know, and of course, more serious things upset me, too. But I was thinking about, like, what are the, like, some, just, it's amazing how easy it is for me to be upset about something. And as we, we look through this, this passage today, we really want to consider, like, you know, Jesus, the Son of God, sinless, come to earth for us. If something kind of, like, makes him a little upset, that's something to pay attention to, because he's God. And so the things that make us upset... We're not God. We're not. The things that make us upset typically aren't really that important. But the things that make Jesus upset, those have got to be pretty important. So we're going to turn to Mark chapter 10. Again, if you're, if you're on the notes page at Element Life, that's there for you. You can open a Bible or a U version to it. Also be on the screen if you want to be lazy. Mark 10, 13-16 says this. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He was what? Hmm. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter it. And he took the children in his arms, he placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. 
And it's easy, like, and I even like, found myself doing it. It says, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant, and he said, and I, you kind of want to read it like you would think Jesus would sound, let the children come to me, and do not hinder them. That's not how I sound when I'm indignant. When I'm indignant, I'm like, let the children come to me, and do not hinder them. We don't want to picture Jesus sounding like that. But I think Jesus was a little upset at the disciples. He may have gotten a tone. I know none of you ever get a tone with anyone. Not with your spouse or your kids. Of course not. But I think Jesus might have had a little bit of a tone here. His disciples were keeping kids from him. He loves kids. He says, let the little children come to me. So we're looking at three big picture ideas from this passage before we dive in. We hit these real quick. Number one is that the kingdom of God belongs to those who come to Jesus with faith. So he's blessing the kids and he says, hey, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you've got to do it like a little child. He's talking about the, the faith of these kids who just wanted to come to Jesus for a blessing. And then we want to look at the idea that no matter who thinks you don't have value. Jesus invites you to come and get a blessing from your father. Because all of it, we base what our value is on what other people have said to us. If we think we can't go to Jesus because, because other people have said that we're this or we're that. But that's not how it works. No matter, no matter what you think, Jesus wants you to come. And lastly, those who bring people to Jesus must truly make Jesus smile. Because what Jesus is upset about here is the disciples are keeping someone from coming to him. And God forbid we do that. But if we're people instead, and not just kids, but anyone, if we're people who bring people to Jesus, I bet you that makes him smile. So we're going to take this apart a verse by verse today. And we're going to start with verse 13. And it says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. So a big picture in Mark, like we look at the book as a whole, one big thing that Mark is trying to get across over and over again is the humanity of Jesus. Because Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. He's both. He's, he's not God who kind of looks like a man. He, he, he is a man. And so there's lots of instances of Mark pointing out that Jesus does physical things. Jesus, Pastor Craig, come here for a second. Takes his hands. And he puts them on kids. How long till this is uncomfortable? It was uncomfortable from the start, but I'm just okay. <laughs> I pay you. I can make you uncomfortable. All right. Physical things. Jesus does physical things all throughout the book of Mark. And the idea of putting, putting your hands on something, of physical, physically placing your hands on someone or something for a blessing is a big deal throughout Scripture. Laying on of hands is always connected to this idea of blessing. It's both things. You, you, 
like you, when you bless someone, you, you touch them. And so Jesus, in blessing someone, touches them. And you see this over and over again in the book of Mark. And in fact, this is such a big deal. that If you ever read Hebrews chapter 6, which is one of my, my favorite books of the Bible, Hebrews chapter 6 talks about the six fundamental basics of the Christian faith at one point. And one of those is the laying on of hands. When we think about the basics of the Christian faith, we often we think about some of the, some of the other big ones. We've got like faith and, and repentance. And, and okay, those are, those are big deals. And, and the resurrection of the dead, that's a big deal. But the author of Hebrews actually says, one of the basics of being a follower of Jesus, one of the basics of being a, a disciple, is that we lay our hands on people just like Jesus did for blessing, for healing, for setting apart for ministry, for all the different things that we see in Scripture. That's a basic of being a Christian. So some of you who don't like to touch people, you're going to have to get over that. You're going to have to say, oh, what, you know, I need to be blessing people. I need to be praying for people. When I do that, I've got to get past my discomfort, because that's a lot of being a follower of Jesus. That's a lot of being a Christian, is getting past your discomfort so that we can just obey and do the things that Jesus tells us to do. Because Jesus doesn't care if it makes you uncomfortable. We lay our hands. And so we see Jesus do the same. He wants to bless the kids. He's going to put his hands on them and bless them. But the disciples rebuked them. Kids are coming to Jesus. Disciples rebuked them. Don't be that person. Don't be a person that blocks anyone else from coming to Jesus, especially kids. But not just kids. Churches, especially dying and dead churches, are full of rebukers who say that people have to act a certain way, they have to look a certain way, they have to conform in a certain way, whatever you think is, is the standard, before they can come in. God forbid that's ever our church. Because this is a church where we let people come in no matter where they're at and hear about Jesus. And it doesn't matter if, if they do things that we might think from are culturally inappropriate or, you know, some of the for, for the really forbidden things. So if you grew up in a very traditional church, and you're, you, you come in in the summer and someone's wearing shorts and that upsets you, deal with it. Because you don't want to be a person that keeps someone from Jesus. How they look, act, whatever it is. We don't keep people from Jesus, especially kids. I love that we're a church. We have an amazing kids ministry. Pastor Tim does such a great job. Nancy in our preschool nursery leading that does such a great job. But we're also a church where if there's a parent who comes in for the first time or the hundredth time and they're like, you know what, I, I really I, I want my kid up here with me, that's okay. And you know what happens sometimes? Those kids, they make noise. Because you know what kids are great at? Making noise. And you know what we say? It's okay. There's a saying, uh, in, in a more I, I have some friends in, in, in more traditional older churches, and, um, and a churches actually don't even have a kid's church. 
and they say that if the kids aren't crying, the church is dying. That's their explanation. for the, If anyone asks them about the noise, they say if the kids aren't crying, the church is dying. We, we love kids, and we want them to hear about Jesus in whatever way is comfortable for them. So it goes on. It says, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So again, trying to give you kind of, kind of a taste of this whole book and some of the bigger ideas behind it as we go into this message. We're actually a little bit earlier in the book of Mark, and Mark is the shortest of the Gospels. If you're looking to read a whole Gospel, Mark's a great one because it's short. But earlier in this story, the disciples have been rebuking again. And there was a rogue exorcist, that's fun to say, who was casting out demons in Jesus' name, who wasn't part of the, of the approved followers of Jesus. And the disciples are, 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 are getting all up in his face, and Jesus is like, stop it. Whoever is not against me is for me. And so this is our second sort of thing where, where people are, where the disciples are kind of getting kind of full of themselves in religious fervor and saying, no, you can't do this because you're not doing it our way. And Jesus just says, no, that's not how it works. So the word indignant here in Greek is very hard to pronounce. Egnatestin something. Okay, that's, you could read it. That's great. But what it means is to be indignant. That's why we trans, trans, it's translated that. Move with indignation. That's actually kind of hard to say, too. Uh, to be very displeased. That's the one I like. I think I could, indignant isn't a word we use a lot, I think, in modern culture. I think it, it gets used, but it's not a commonly used word. I like that it made Jesus very displeased. And when I'm very displeased, I'm going to take that a step further. Usually I'm angry. So this this, uh, emotion here is is very distinct. Jesus is very displeased with the disciples. And he starts to say, hey, let them come. Don't hinder them. Not just say, and I think Jesus kind of uses this double phrase here, it might be a lip service thing where, yeah, oh yeah, sure, bring your kids, bring your kids. And the kids come and you're like, but stay quiet. The kids can come, but don't act like kids. Hey, uh, you, you, a sinner in the bar, you can come, but you can't act like who you are. When you step in the church, we're going to need you to put on nice clothes, not swear, If you're going to smoke, you're going to need to go far away where we can't see you. And you're going to need to act like something different. You can come, but but we're going to hinder you a bit so that you don't upset us. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He gives a little lesson on, on the faith of a child here. We want to be clear here that Jesus is displeased with us when we exclude those who are outside our circle or those that we think are unimportant from the gospel or the blessings of God. When we start excluding people 
we start setting up barriers that keep people from hearing the gospel. We have barriers that keep people from where God is doing, working and blessing and acting on people's behalf. Then I think that makes Jesus angry. Because Jesus knows exactly who we were before Jesus. That each one of us, when we, when we, when we went from out of Christ to into Christ, that we went from being dead to alive. And that somehow, once we've made that switch, once we've stepped into Christ, then we, we, we kind of get into the whole church culture thing, and we start looking at other people like somehow we're better than them because of our own actions, because of our own goodness, because of our own holiness. And Jesus is like, nah. The cross, all that stuff that's been taken off of you, all that sin, all that brokenness, all that shame, I took it all on the cross is what Jesus would say to each one of us. And you had nothing to do with it. But somehow we get up on our spiritual high horses and we think that we're so good or we think that we're so holy. And the truth is that we only are because of Jesus. And even in Jesus, as we're, we're navigating this Christian life, usually we're not as holy as we think we are. Because if you were really that holy, you wouldn't have that attitude about other people. And you wouldn't keep them from coming to Jesus. And here's the truth. Not only is it, tr is it true and very true that having the fa faith like a, ch a child is so important, but I also think we can use this to learn that Jesus can use unexpected people to teach us what the kingdom of God actually looks like. Jesus can use very unexpected people to teach us what life in his, his kingdom and his rule looks like. And sometimes we're, we're so busy trying to make it in our image and the way we think the kingdom of God should look that we miss it because we can't see it in a child. So Jesus goes on to say, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Whoever's texting you, ask them why they're not at church. Jesus' point here is that people must receive the things associated with his kingdom like a child. What that means is that total trust and dependence. Total trust and dependence. Because when you see a child and you see them with their parents, you see that, wow, these kids unconditionally love their parents. They, they, they trust them, they love them, even though, let's face it, anyone who's a parent, they've screwed it up, right? No perfect parents. They've made mistakes, but their kids don't see the mistakes. The kids, the kids just love and trust and, and, and believe in their parents. You think back to being a kid, five, four or five years old, you looked at your mom, you looked at your dad, what did you see? They were, they were the most amazing, unstoppable, beautiful people. 
of Jesus saying, hey, all this stuff that comes with the kingdom of God, forgiveness and grace and, and acting on Jesus' mission, like we all have to come to it that same way like a kid looking up to our dad and saying, dad, I know you can do it. This is what you're telling me to do? Well, if you're telling me to do it, I guess I can because dad, you told me I could. And that's how we're to come into the kingdom of God. And too often, Jesus tells us, like, hey, I want you to do this. And we think, nuh-uh, I can't do that. I don't, I can't speak that well. Moses in the Old Testament, Moses is, is told by God to go and talk to Pharaoh. And Moses is like, dude, I stutter. I can't do it. I'm not a public speaker. And God says, major mouth, I made it, you didn't. Go. Whatever it is, because we're talking about so many times this year we're we'll talking about being fully surrendered to Jesus. Fully surrendered to Jesus. Because there is something right now in your life that God is telling you to do, and you're gripping it, and your knuckles are turning white, and you're saying, God, no, I can't, I won't. You're not fully surrendered because there's that thing that you're holding on to. And Jesus says, come to me like a little child and let it go. Because personal ability, your effort, don't determine whether or not you get the very best things that God has for you. Instead, a proper orientation toward Jesus does. When you put Jesus where he belongs as king, then you're going to find that God's best things come to you. But if you try to do it in your own effort, your own strength, you're going to find that those things are always very far away from you. Lastly, Jesus takes the children in his arms, he places his hands on them, and blessed them. This is significant. It doesn't look like it, right? We, we read this passage real quick, and we go, okay, well, Jesus is saying, don't keep the kids from me. Jesus wants to bless the kids. So it closes out with a, a, a little sentence that makes sense. Jesus blesses the kids. Yay, happy ending. But you have to get that in this culture, in this time, what Jesus was doing was the same kind of blessing in this culture that a father would have given his children. Jesus is acting in the place of these kids' fathers and blessing them. Because Jesus made those kids. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in the beginning of, of John there, it talks about how everything was made through the Word, which is Jesus. And so Jesus, knowing that he, he's the, the maker and creator of all things, gives a fatherly blessing to these kids. And that makes me think, no wonder Jesus was angry. No, it doesn't surprise, if you read it this way, it doesn't surprise you at all that Jesus is angry because those disciples were keeping his kids from coming to him. And how, some of you guys are parents here, 
What if someone was trying to keep your kids from coming to you for something that they needed? There is nothing angrier than a mama or a dad who somebody's keeping their kids from them. No wonder Jesus was angry because they were keeping his kids from a blessing. And we don't want to be that person. We don't want to be someone who keeps Jesus from his kids. So today, I want to come back to those first three points we made. The first of those, again, is the kingdom of God belongs to those who come to Jesus with faith. If we want the things of the kingdom, if we want to be fully surrendered followers of Jesus, then we have to come to him like a little child, not holding on to things because we think that God isn't strong enough to deal with them, but instead letting go and looking up to our Father and saying, you made me and so you've got this. We also have to realize that no matter who thinks that you do not have value, that Jesus is inviting you to come to him. Because there are people who hinder others from coming to Christ because of stupid, superficial things. And maybe you've encountered that. Maybe you've, you've gone to church before in the past and you've met some really legalistic, awful Christians because they're out there. I'm grateful that that's really not our church. That's not my experience here. We're not perfect. Uh, <laughs> we're a pretty colorful group of people, actually. And I'm the worst, so. But wherever you're at, no matter what somebody said to you, Jesus loves you more than you could possibly imagine. He values you. And you can come to him and receive everything that he has for you. And last but not least, today, those who bring people to Jesus must truly make him smile. Because if he's this upset that the disciples are blocking people from coming to him, blocking these kids, how much more must he love it? When we are people, as his church, who look at our friends and our neighbors who need Jesus so desperately, and we say, come and see. Come and see what Jesus can do in your life. Would you pray?